Gentle listener, if you're enjoying the coaching you're hearing on the podcast, I invite you to consider joining my wild community. It's my way of delivering coaching to a broad number of people and actually getting to answer your questions individually and coach you back. Each month, we focus on a theme that is relevant to women. This month, we're looking at unbelonging and boundaries. I post three pieces of relevant content in the community each week, an article, a journal prompt, or a poll. And when you respond in the comments, if it's coachable, then I will coach you there. On Fridays at 9am Pacific, we jump on Zoom for a wilding, a casual chat about the topics that have come up that week. And once a month, we have a one-hour workshop. The community is in its second year, and it's become one of my favorite places to hang out. Go to the show notes for a link with all the information and to sign up. I hope to see you there. And now on to the show. The rules we grew up with were never meant for us. It's time for a change. Welcome to Becoming Wild. This podcast will support you in untethering from conditioning, examining limiting beliefs around womanhood and value, and tapping into your innate power. Because when women embody our truest, wildest selves, we change much more than our own lives. We change the world. I'm your host, Emma Wittard. Hello, welcome to episode 12 of Becoming Wild. I'm your host, Emma Wittard, and I'm coming to you today from my home in Pasadena, California. This is the first of three episodes that are focused on boundaries. As women, we're given the messaging from our families, society, religion, that our value lies in what we give. Our time, our energy, our love. The practice of setting boundaries allows us to reclaim that energy for ourselves. We don't stop giving but boundaries allow us to be authentic and resourced so that we can give our energy in the right time and place. I can give you an example from my own life. I have a boundary around when and where I coach. I only coach during a coaching session. So I do not coach people in the grocery store, at school pickup, at parties, at dinner, during a casual phone call. This boundary allows me to retain my energy for when I'm in the most conducive setting to affect change with people. It keeps me out of resentment and it allows the work to be as powerful as it possibly can be. My boundaries respect the coaching container, which keeps the work itself in integrity. Boundaries can get a bad rap, sometimes being seen as selfish, but they keep us in authenticity and integrity and allow us to show up for others in a much more meaningful way. Lou and I talk about boundaries in the context of relationships in our coaching session today. But before we get to that, 
Let's see what wild question has popped into my inbox this week. E writes, Dear Emma, I really want to practice my values, which are authenticity, vulnerability and courage, but I'm worried about how this will be received at work. People might think I'm being weak or weird. I don't want it to affect my likelihood for promotion. Can you help me get my head around this? Thanks for this question, E. (coughs) I think the first question is, would it feel safe to be authentic and vulnerable at work? Um, Let's say, for example, you are an atheist and you work at a Catholic school. Would authentically expressing your atheism endanger your job? So I think there's a larger question here around whether or not every element of your life lines up with your values. So if you're in a job where being authentic, for example, would be a problem, I would question whether you're in the right job. And I know it's a privilege to be able to think about changing jobs. I'm not suggesting that you just quit your job and not have an income. But if you can't be authentic at work, it's definitely a clue that you might thrive in a different environment. Not being able to be ourselves means we can't use the best part of ourselves. You're most likely to be good at things that feel authentic to you. So that's my number one point. If you can't be authentic at work, consider looking for something that is more in line with your values. And if you're not sure how to how to tell that something is in line with your values, if your values are authenticity, vulnerability, and courage, if you're looking, for example, at job ads, are you seeing those values reflected in the ad? Is there some vulnerability, even in the wording of the ad? Is there authenticity when you connect with people over the job, when you connect with HR, when you connect with the hiring manager? Do they seem authentic? Vulnerability at work. Yeah, this is a difficult one. If if your boss isn't modeling vulnerability, then it may not feel safe to model vulnerability at work. If you can't practice it with your boss, are there colleagues you could practice vulnerability with? Again, do they feel, does it feel safe? Does it feel like a safe space to do that? Um, When I was in the corporate world, vulnerability, yep, was absolutely, and authenticity were absolutely two of my values. And I chose to practice them with my team. Even if I had a boss that I felt I couldn't practice it with. I did practice this with my team and I did it by modeling it myself. And I found that when I modeled authenticity and vulnerability, it invited the team to be authentic and vulnerable as well, which really bonded us well. 
Brene Brown writes about this in her book, Dare to Lead. I would highly recommend it. That book, I think, will help you to to figure out how to practice this at work. And courage, yeah, (laughs) It's, it's difficult to be courageous when you're worried about your job. I think the question here is, would it genuinely be dangerous for you to practice authenticity and vulnerability at work? Or is that a story that you're telling yourself? Is it a story that you're telling yourself that is keeping you safe? Because when you're authentic and vulnerable, you're risking belonging. If you're in a group of people, who don't believe the thing, same things as you do, but you're going along with the group just to fit in, then, yeah, authenticity and vulnerability might get you kicked out of the group. And it's courageous to think, and I'll be okay. I'll be okay with that. You know, I'm still me. I'm still enough when I'm not joking about baseball or whatever it is with with the guys I can say you know what I hate baseball maybe they'll choose something else to talk about and you'll get to know them better I don't know but sometimes courage sometimes we're kept from courage by very authentic things like a lack of safety a genuine lack of safety And sometimes we keep ourselves from courage. The stories that we tell ourselves keep us from courage. So what's the real situation for you? I hope some of those ideas help. Please feel free to contact me again with more detail and for more clarification around this. I'm kind of, I'm guessing a bit because there's not a lot of detail here. But thank you for that question. And now on to our coaching session. Hi, Lou. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good. I'm very well. Okay. Okay. So our focus for the next couple of sessions is boundaries. Basically where we are giving our energy away. Mm. Um, Where we might not want to be giving our energy away. Okay. It's fine when it's serving us, but not so good when it's not. So the first place I'd like to go with you is back to your values. Okay. I know we've done a lot of work with your values over the last sessions, but I'd like to look really specifically through the lens of boundaries now. Um, So knowing that... Where would you like to focus? Choose one to start Um, with. Let's just start with connection. Okay. Oh, that's a great juicy one to choose for boundaries. (laughs) Okay. So connection. What's your definition of connection in this context? Um, For me, it's about the universal all things are connected mm-hmm. and especially the importance of 
connecting with myself mm-hmm. and individuals connecting with themselves. I believe that we have all the answers we need inside of us. Mm-hmm. And if we really develop that connection to internal self, mm-hmm. we can find those answers. Mm-hmm. You are speaking and, my language. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also, of course, it, it carries out to others also mm-hmm. and connection with others and the the invisible unspoken connection that we all have Hmm. okay so what are your practices around this value um a lot of mindfulness practices Mm -hmm. and a lot of intentionality in those practices Mm -hmm. Uh, for example my yoga routine in the morning includes tree pose and I visualize the energy connection between myself and the earth below me and the sky above me mm-hmm. and that feeds this feeling of connection to all living things other practices things like journaling this is going to come back to intuition also mm-hmm. uh, and tuning in to the answers that are inside of me. So mm-hmm. giving myself time and space alone in, in solitude and silence. Mm-hmm. When I walk, I try to not take headphones and not listen to music or uh, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are my main practices. Okay, great. And how do you practice this with others? Your connection with others? I think empathy is the easy answer. I do a lot of designing of experiences at my job. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm designing those experiences i'm designing for connection Mm -hmm. and for really putting myself visualizing myself in the place of being an attendee walking into the space and how i feel part of that space those people whatever's going on in that space Mm. and, and really paying attention to to those things another thing i do is i facilitate a uh, mentorship circle at at my job mm-hmm. where i call it connection circle <laughs> because mm-hmm. connection is important to me and we talk about connection to self and to others and it's meant for people who are relatively new to the company who mm. are looking for more connection outside of their own teams. Mm-hmm. I try to practice. I'm not always perfect at it. Um, just being in contact with people, I find that so many people are really not good at making plans 
and I am. So I can use that to help us create a connection Mm -hmm. when we see each other. Yeah, we should totally hang out. Let's do this or that. And then, but somebody has to make that plan. Mm -hmm. And I tend to, to be that person Mm -hmm. um, to, to reach out and say like, Hey, we talked about getting coffee. When do you want to go do that? Mm. And make those plans, which let's talk about boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm inclined to start with your connection to others. Okay. If you think about how you connect with other people, just off the top of your head, are there any aspects of this where it would be useful, do you think, to put a boundary in place? Yes, I'm sure there are. It's a matter of putting myself in those specific examples. I think something to do with taking responsibility for too much that don't have to be mine and also how I feel about connections with others and the reciprocation maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me more about that. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I try to acknowledge that not everyone's great at making plans. And so to be that person to follow through and, and make the plan with someone. Um, but it can start to feel like, why am I the only one doing this? Yeah. And so am I putting too much responsibility on myself to be that person? And at the same time, am I not acknowledging other people doing that do you think both of the those things might be true does Um, one feel more true than the other one feels more true than the other that i'm i'm the one who does it and that i i mean i definitely like if i get if i get tired of doing it and stop doing it then a few months later, I'm kind of looking around going, where is everyone? <laughs> mm. Mm. So people don't pick it up. Yeah. A few people do, but it would be nice if more people did. Mm-hmm. And I believe you're reading Loving Waters at the moment. Mm-hmm. Right? Byron Katie. Yeah. So if we... She, she teaches us to accept people as they are and accept things as they are, not in order to, to just sit back and not do anything, but so that we know what we're dealing with, so that we can deal with it. So, so if you think about the people who, if you do leave it for a couple of months, don't get in touch, mm-hmm. you think about who those people are. And if we apply the Byron Katie rule and say they are not going to change. Yeah. Does it serve you to continue to be the one making the plans? 
for some people yes right for other, for other people no great yeah yeah exactly and what's the criteria for the people you do want to keep doing this for versus the ones you don't um the the ones i do want to keep doing it for are people that are more co-creative or co-collaborative are people who bring out something bigger better in me mm. Mm. as opposed to um the people who talk about the same things every time you see them <laughs> yeah i think there's also a difference if i'm really honest about the individuals and look at our relationships over time i can see i can see the people who like no it's not that they're not inputting into this relationship it's not that they're not making plans with me it's that right now in their life they have a lot going on and they don't have the capacity for it and and then there are the people who just are never gonna be the ones to take the lead right you know? what i have found um since i since i've become a full-time coach so the more time I spend, and you do this to a large degree in your day job as well, the more time I spend listening to others, holding space for others, mm -hmm. the more it has put a focus on the relationships I need to support me. Yeah. Because it, it, it has got to a stage where outside of my work I don't have emotional space for people who don't have space for me outside of my work because my my work is holding space yeah so I had a mini crisis in 2021 I was I just felt completely burnt out and it's because my personal relationships weren't nourishing me Mm -hmm. I had too many people in my personal relationships who were kind of wanting informal coaching. And there was a lot of me listening to my friends outside of work and them not really reciprocating. Yeah. Um, I've also found as I've become more spiritual, finding people who are more spiritually inclined has been really important to me. So I, so I've got somebody to talk to about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, as a sort of energetic practice, as you begin to lean more into the one-to-one -one coaching, it's a really great time to look at those relationships that aren't giving you what you need. Yeah. Yeah. And decide whether, and it sounds harsh, but whether you want to set those people free. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And what I found was it made room for people who were more right for me at this stage in my life. Yeah. 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 So how would it feel to 
cut loose a few of these people who who you don't think are ever going to change um yeah it, I mean it would feel good I I definitely have done that in the past I think it's for sure an internal energetic thing you know yeah. of like like here's here's a really good example <laughs> um in I mean it was probably two years ago uh my husband's band played and I went and there was a bunch of our friends there that I hadn't seen in a really long time. And I mean, even before pandemic, I don't see these people very often, but they're people I've known for a very long time. Um, and that I've had good relationships with close relationships with sharing, you know, intimate personal things at moments in time. Um, but we've just been out of touch and a few of us realized like, oh, we all have daughters. And I was like, oh my God, we should totally get together. We'll have a little mothers of daughters circle and we'll be that empathetic ear for each other and understanding what it's like to raise daughters. And, uh, and that felt really, really good to me. Like I, I'm, I'm happy to organize space like that. Um, and then for just whatever reason, just, it didn't work out. It was just schedules. And we kept, we kept trying like, oh, you know, let's try this date. And then somebody went camping and then somebody got sick and then soccer season started and all these things. And so we were like, okay, we'll just let it go until, you know, the fall or something like that. And then it just didn't come back on the radar and it just is now I could absolutely reach out to these people. I mean, one of them's moved out of the state. <laughs> I can still reach out, but it just feels like the moment is gone and, and none of these people have reached out to me in the interim, mm -hmm. even, even just to like check in and say, hi, you know, like, okay, fine. Don't organize this whole thing. But, um, it feels like a lost opportunity Mm. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily need to let them out of my life, but I need to let this, um, circumstance out of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Drop it. It's yeah. funny how we, we sort of, it's almost like a little irritation little pebble in your shoe right oh I was supposed to do yeah. this thing we were supposed to do this thing I said I was gonna do this thing yeah I, I took internal responsibility for it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah so what boundary would you need to put in place with yourself in order to let that go just like put a date on it and uh, after a certain amount of time goes by, let it go. Mm -hmm. like that's the boundary is it's like time bound, you know, mm -hmm. it was, it was a moment in time that would have been really beautiful. And, um, you know, now that's gone and that's okay. And yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Give yourself permission to let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. How about those relationships you want to continue with? 
what creates connection between people? Hmm. I mean, talk about intuition, right? I think, I, I mean, I think there's some sort of connection between everyone, but the, the ones that are meaningful and want to be developed, it's like, um, it's like a frequency mm-hmm. <laughs> and aligned energetic frequency Mm, i love that and it doesn't mean it has to be the same energy level um but it has yeah it has to be aligned in some in some way Mm -hmm. complementary um and then i think beyond that it's acknowledging that it's there to the other person Mm -hmm. and i i guess that's why i feel like this um making the plan to to connect with someone you know physically in time and space feels like like to me that is me acknowledging that I want to be in connection and in relationship with you. Yeah. And I mean, now that I'm saying this out loud and kind of having this realization in this moment, I'm, I'm thinking about a person um, that I really, I really dig her. I think she's awesome. I would love to spend more time with her. We met up for lunch months ago and she is like really interested in my work and I'm interested in her work. And I, and I think it it could be a like co-creative type of relationship, but she said point blank word, like, I really want to meet up with you, but I'm just not a person who does that. So, you know, reach out, make a plan with me. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, yeah, I totally will. But I haven't. (laughs) I have not. I'm not a person who meets with people or I'm not a person who makes the plan. I'm not a person who makes the plan. I'm not a person who like follows up and reaches out to say like, hey, let's go get lunch next week. Right. So, I mean, it's like, in a way, it's nice to know that. Yeah, it's nice and clear. Totally. But it doesn't feel very motivating for me. Mm. <laughs> because then, like, then I know, like, at no time is she going to become that person. No. It's not like, right now, I'm really busy and I don't have the capacity to do this. It's like, I'm not a person who ever does this. Yeah. So it's always going to be me pushing or pulling to, yeah. to be in connection with this person. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then that's a decision. You have the information and it's a decision. Yeah. You can choose whether that's a, it's a yes or a no. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's it's a very this is an interesting one because I think I'm like you. I've I always feel like I'm the one who's reaching out and making making the effort with yeah. a couple of just a couple of exceptions, but generally it's me. But I know that my main love language is quality time. Yeah. I think it's my number one love language and that I'm referencing. I'll put the book in the show notes. There's the the five love languages. Mm-hmm. Have you do you know the five love languages? I know of them, but I don't right. I don't think I've read the book and I've never determined my own what your love language is. Yeah. yeah. It it may be that quality time is one of yours. Yeah. I don't know. Um and what I've come to understand is that obviously different people have different love languages, like mm-hmm. words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, physical touch. I've got friends who they're they're fine not to see each other for a really long time, but they'll go crazy over birthday gifts, mm. which I don't give a damn about. Yeah. So, yeah. but what I have learned is. Um, you know, this with this particular friend, it's her way of showing love. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't need to, for her, we don't need to go out for dinner. So long as we're texting or having the odd phone call, mm-hmm. she gets what she needs from that. And the way she shows me that she cares is through incredibly thoughtful gifts. Mm-hmm. But I'm not receiving it. Mm hmm in that way because it's not my love language yeah yeah isn't that interesting yeah (laughs) yeah so when we think and I don't know I I might be making an assumption here but my my initial reaction to people not reaching out to me is they don't care yeah but I'm not at all sure that's true yeah it may just mean they have a different love language. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it means, I mean, I think it also means different things for different people. Some people, they have other priorities. I mean, if there's people that don't prioritize relationships or they're, um, they already have enough friends. Yeah. They don't, they don't want to put the effort out to develop new ones or, yeah exactly yeah okay so connection is about frequency aligned energetic frequency is this something that just happens is there anything that you do or like to do or want to do to deepen connection Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think it's it's about time spent together quality time Mm -hmm. right okay yeah (laughs) um and sharing of yourself myself Mm -hmm. and and the other person's self um and a a willingness to um for me i feel deeper connection with people who are willing and able to go beneath the surface Mm -hmm. to go deep themselves Mm -hmm. um and those are the types of connections that i will make an effort for 
Yeah. Yeah. I have, you know, there's plenty of other people that I enjoy perfectly well and, and like, and, you know, feel connected to, but if it's not that deeper connection and kind of understanding and willingness to divulge what's beneath the surface, then it's not as important for me to reach out. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely feeling like a boundary right there Mm -hmm. that is feeling really supportive in this moment. Mm -hmm. If I think about uh, a group of friends I have that, you know, we've done a few trips to the coast and stay in a shared house and do some meals together and go out and party together. And we'll meet up now every so often for brunch and um it's pretty surface level conversation it's pretty like you know kids and families and um jobs and um yeah pretty sir but it's totally fine and enjoyable you know but i'm not the one who initiates any of those yeah you know every once in a while i might be in the mood for spending my entire Sunday on brunch and Bloody Marys and things like that. Mm. I'll I'll reach out and see if they want to. But usually it's someone else in that circle that's initiating that or it doesn't really happen and that's okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that sounds like a boundary, you know, generally not, not, I guess wasting your time is the wrong way to say it, but not spending that precious time that you have to socialize with people who aren't prepared to go deeper. And it really is the spending the time to make the connection and make the plan. Yeah. Like if they reached out to me to spend time on brunch or, or whatever, you know, thing, yeah, I'll look at my calendar. I'll, you know, I'm sure I'll be able to find time because sure that sounds fun, but I'm not going to use my time to develop that, to make that happen. Yeah. Okay, great. And that it does feel like in this moment, like, oh, sweet. I can let that, that responsibility just go. That's totally okay. (laughs) Great. A boundary. We've got a boundary right there. Okay. So the first, one of the first things you said in terms of this, this blocker was the resource of time. Yes, because, because I have, I feel kind of split in, into several pieces right now. I've got my job, Mm -hmm. I've got my business. I've got my, it's almost like a a whole nother thing to transition from the job to the business. Mm -hmm. And then I've got myself Mm -hmm. and my own connection to myself, my own development of myself. And it feels like in terms of time, like I have to split my time between, okay, well, I've got, you know, I know I need to put in these many hours for my job. And so how many hours does that leave? 
And so how many hours do I spend on the business? How many hours do I spend on myself? How many hours do I spend on my kids, my husband? Mm. And it, it starts to get very, it's, it feels, it's just hard to know how to prioritize. Mm. Is there, this is going to sound like a contradiction. Okay. Are there practices available to you that you could develop that would allow you to connect with yourself in all of these places mm-hmm. while you're doing your job, while you're working on the business, while you're in the transition yeah. between the two, while you're with your family? Yeah, I would love that so much. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that I try to do it now is through art and making practices. Mm -hmm. So I try to, you know, do some creative workshops at work. Mm -hmm. I try to, I'm, how can I bring creative workshops into my business? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, when I'm, what, creative projects can I do at home when my family is around, whether they're participating in it or not. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the main way that I do it. Mm-hmm. We, you know, this past week on retreat, we had a day of contemplative practice mm-hmm. and I really, really love that mm-hmm. practice and for me, it's usually creative. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, would love to be able to seamlessly blend that into all of the things. Mm. Okay. So let's take this a little bit deeper. Okay. How could you seamlessly blend contemplative practice with everything that you do I don't know (laughs) is there anything that you did on this day of contemplative practice that helped you to connect to yourself that you could do anywhere anytime um I think that thing is really deep noticing I think where I find meaning in daily activities whether it's work or business or being with people is really deep noticing of being very aware of my senses and being very present yeah the moment yeah that is something you can do anywhere yeah at any time yeah yeah so how much are you doing that now would you say I think I think I do it a lot but subconsciously (laughs) Mm -hmm. right 
And that's where I want to do it more. So, mm-hmm. and that's what you're asking me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I can see adding it in at beginnings or ends of meetings mm. at um, sitting down to eat, mm-hmm. sitting, coming into coaching sessions mm-hmm. when I'm choosing to sit down and work on my business. Yeah. And definitely when I am doing physical activities like yoga or going for a walk, mm-hmm. I think those ones, those ones happen more intentionally. So, yeah, I think if I can make it more intentional, it's like the transition moments. Yeah, that's such a great um, prompt to use, using transitional moments as your prompt. Is this a beginning? Is this an end? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. I'm going to check in with myself. Yeah. Yeah, and my surroundings. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Is there any kind of boundary that you need to put in with yourself in order to help this to happen? I think the boundary is, um, I think the boundary is that transition moment, that beginning end to allow for those um, as opposed to just jumping from, one thing to the next thing Mm -hmm. yeah so what is it that you will not do rush Mm -hmm. yeah I will not rush or jump to one thing without ending the last thing Mm -hmm. also not multitasking Mm mm-hmm which I'm pretty good at not multitasking. I mean, great. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great boundary. Do not multitask. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I should say, do not try to multitask. Apparently it's impossible. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, that, that was eye opening for me mm -hmm. years ago when I learned that, that like our, our brains actually cannot multitask. Okay, great. So we've got a few boundaries here to keep you connected to yourself, mm-hmm. no matter where you are and what you're doing, really. Mm-hmm. What are you going to take away from this? The piece with the boundaries and just kind of being okay to let go of mm-hmm. not having to be the the responsible party for all the people and and that that's okay. All right. Thanks, Emma. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. 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 That's it for the show. Becoming Wild is a podcast written and produced by me, Emma Whittard. Special thanks go to Andrea Leader-Wilborn, Sean Dennis, Jill Smolin, and Dean and Silva. You can get more information about the show and other ways to experience my work at 
emmawittard.com. Please subscribe to Becoming Wild on your favorite podcast app and give us lots of lovely stars. It will make a huge difference to the discoverability of the show. If you'd like more direct coaching from me, please consider joining my Wild Woman community, where I post new content every few days and coach in the comments. And we have live coaching sessions every Friday. Or contact me to explore one-to-one coaching. If you have a question about what we covered today or anything else you'd like some support over, you can email me at info at subject line wild questions. And I might just respond on the show. You'll be anonymous, of course. All of this information is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. You matter. What you do matters. And when a woman truly knows that, she changes the world. See you next time on Becoming Wild.